It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. What an absolute nightmare. And then back to school night, also a nightmare. Consequence Podcast Network. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series Of course I do hope you hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with uh, all the interviews that we put out every single week That's a new one every Monday, Wednesday and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artist's and discover those new ones at Spotify and Apple Podcast, at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with some of my uh, recent guests have included uh, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Susan Tedeschi of the Tedeschi Trucks Band, Josh Radner, you know him from uh, How I Met Your Mother and Fleischman is in Trouble, uh, Kristen Hirsch from Throwing Muses, Laney. Uh, Annie Weissman, she created the show Physical on Apple TV, and we had the uh, producers of The Morning Show. Uh, the Breeders stopped by, the director of Expendables 4, Baroness, Corey Taylor of Slipknot, Michael C. Hall of Dexter and Six Feet Under. We had Leve, Andy Taylor of Duran Duran, The Rat Boys, Westlife, Tommy Stenson of The Replacements, just a few of the guests, and what you get when you subscribe to the Kyle Meredith with podcast. That's me, Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Liz Fair. Always love having Liz Fair drop by the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 30th anniversary of Exile in Guyville. In fact, she's touring the, uh, the classic 90s touchstone with an immersive live story that spotlights the LP's uh, ties with the Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. Uh, Liz is going to discuss the uh, overwhelming mythology created around her early days, fighting criticism to keep control of her artistic vision, and the piles of unreleased material from that era. Uh, Liz is going to go on to further dig into how she wanted to give voice and character to the women in that original Stones album, and we'll hear about how her next memoir will focus on this specific time in her life, as well as the progress that she's made on her very next record. All that and more, it's the 30th anniversary of Exile in Guyville. 
and it's Kyle Meredith with Liz Fair. Hello, Kyle. It's so good to be back. It's great to see you again. I, you know, I was thinking, so here we are on the 30th anniversary tour of Exile in Guyville, and I thought, we probably did this five years ago on the 25th anniversary, <laughs> but it's another celebration for an incredible album, and, you know, I, I probably said it before, but, you know, it, it bears repeating. Congratulations on an absolute classic. You're taking this back out on the road, right? Yes, yes. We're taking Guyville on the road and with us some theater production as well to make it a little bit more immersive, a little bit deeper of a story. Kevin Newberry, great theater director, is helping me out with this. Yeah. Well, I, I so I didn't know about that. Tell me more about that. Why? I, I mean, I guess I could see why you'd want to, because why not? This is a great opportunity. But what does that mean? I mean, are you are are we getting like a storyline sort of on stage? Is it that kind of thing? You know, I mean, what I want to do is bring forth the story that I was telling vis-a-vis the Rolling Stones, the Exile on Main Street, the dialogue between the two albums. And I saw Kevin's production of Kansas City Choir Boy a long time ago with Courtney Love and Todd Almond. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it blew me away. And I, what was that, seven years ago? And I never stopped wanting to work with Kevin after that. I just kept thinking like that show was so simple, so indie in a way, but it absolutely moved me beyond what I thought possible. And so he's come in and he's helping me with a team. We have Natalie Frank, the painter, and Greg Amedes is a videographer and director himself. And then Jackie Weidman is a lighting director. So we're trying, we've bought like old 1993 lighting stuff. Like like it's going to be, it's going to be minimal and indie, but it's going to be immersive. And so it'll just be like, a rock show plus. Minimal indie and immersive are descriptions of Exile in Guyville, I believe, if you go back and read I any of it. the old uh, reviews. I was I was thinking a lot about that. I even went back to the um, the way back, the actual way back machine on the internet. So I could go back to some of those old fan sites and and see the posts as they went up sort of in real time back in the 90s, you know, especially, you know, the Liz Fair fan sites. And it's it's so interesting because because you could I think more so than now at least you know myth happened quite a bit more you know we were just in a you know everything wasn't available people their imaginations got away from them suddenly that became some sort of fact as far as fans are concerned and 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 you know these things grew out of something that really wasn't the exact story at the time. For you, how much of that were you aware of as it was happening? Because there were so many ideas of what this album was, who you were as an artist, which, you know, as we come to find out later, I mean, you are an exceptional human being, an artist, but it wasn't always whatever the, the, these made up stories were, were. were like, were you aware of that? What was that like? It was overwhelming is the first word. And I don't think I enjoyed that period of my life as much as I could have or retroactively should have, you know, because I just, I went from thinking that I was going to make an album to impress about, you know, half a dozen dudes in the scene to say like, I can do it too. Like you think you guys, you know, have a lock on good music. I could make an album. And it suddenly went national 
and it became something that my parents were going to have to deal with. I mean, I was in a very insular fanzine trading tapes kind of world, like bedroom, Tascam, four track. That was who I was. I was going to be a visual artist, Kyle. I had like interned for famous artists and I was going to be a painter and a drawer. And I was going to get into a great gallery. Then all of a sudden, this thing that I'd done, which I had intended to be good, like I took it very seriously, but I did not know that I would become a national talking point. And it was it, it was hard to be misunderstood and to be sort of pigeonholed in a sort of a commodified box. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was doing crazy, exciting, interesting things. And everyone suddenly thought I was a big deal. And my dad was like, I guess you can take over the car insurance payments. You know, like there was that sense of like, yes, I can. So I was proud, but I was also walloped by public opinion. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Liz Fair. Because for all the fans, I mean, that's what I saw. And that goes, you know, for a lot of artists. And I think especially in the 90s, for especially women, 
uh, like God, I was. I'm sure. You, I, I'm not I'm sure you know what I'm talking about here. I was watching an old MTV news brief, and one of the hosts, she kind of tore you down in the middle of the news brief, and I was like, "What? Like this is news?" <laughs> and it was like, so cut down. and that's what I thought. You know, for anybody who gets to a status where public opinion becomes part of success. Like, what does that do to your relationship at that time with the music? Because for some people, that really sours them on the songs. And I don't get that feeling that that's happened to you or maybe that you came back to this later. Like, what? how did that work? Smart enough and had a sort of broad take on life enough to understand. I mean, my father was working with AIDS patients. You know, he was, there was a lot in my life to temper whatever was happening in the media you know, to sort of put it in its rightful place, like, okay, it's embarrassing, it's kind of humiliating. And I don't think people understood. I think they took it as like, I think, how do I explain? I don't even know what they thought, but I think that they thought that people were lauding a bad girl or like a some kind of, there was this morality that came into it. And I was working in the medium of indie music. And if you knew about indie music back then, the post-punk era, you said stuff. You said raw stuff. You said provocative stuff. You you made up stories in a way that made you tougher. I mean, even those guys that were super tough and all the bands, they're not quite that tough. You know what I mean? Like there's an artist's sensibility of creating an artwork that's separate from you. But everyone in the world took it as confessional. Like there was no no you know artistry behind it that it was just me coming on a mic saying whatever the hell I thought and it was not that at all it was very thought out very constructed I think that kind of plays itself out especially revealed itself even more when that box set came out was in 2018 because we could really see the work that went into it not just from the original tapes but but geez from even you know the unreleased songs I mean so now we have Miss Lucy which has been unearthed. And I don't know if these are from those sessions, but uh, I wrote down, you have no idea as a song and wasted. Those have still yet to come out, I think. <laughs> like, how deep does this vault go? There's a lot of unreleased material, but I wouldn't say it's great. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason. I've thought, I've flirted over the years about, like, you know, cleaning the closets and putting it out but when you listen back it's not quite good enough like and and that's natural every artist has that and I'm pretty prolific so I've written tons of songs that I'm not sure you'd get anything out of it you might be like okay she's crafty she can craft a song you know like is that is that worth people buying I don't think so but then again look at the Beatles they finally said we're just gonna like you want everything we're gonna give you everything You'll just hear us <laughs> sitting around humming to ourselves and everybody's like, I want in. I am make a documentary out of it. I want all of it. You know? Maybe that'll be the 40th anniversary. Maybe I'll like clean the closet. <laughs> now, now for some artists, and I wondered about this too, because because this artist is, you know, it, it's famously minimalistic in a lot of moments. Um, even to when you get to a song like Never Said, because it's bigger, it sounds huge just in comparison. Have you ever wanted to go back and make it a bigger album? Like when I listen, I when I listen to Mesmerize and I think about like like Dave Grohl's type of drums on something like that, you know, and I'm like, who, you know, like have you ever thought about doing that to your old songs? Have you ever even wanted to? 
I would, I would not, I would never touch the recordings, but live, that's where we do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you want to know where it happens, it happens in the live show. Cause we will definitely push and pull on songs to sort of amp them up or bring them down. You get, you know, you get playful on the road. So that's where that kind of stuff happens. And again, we're going to be able to see that on this tour. I'm really interested in in this set piece thing. Like the more you talk about that, the more I'm like, cool. And especially tying it into the Stones thing, because that in itself has been so that, you know, mythologize isn't the right word on that one. But I I think that was, you know, when you finally came out and said, this was what I did. You had people like, no, you didn't. And you're like, yes, I did. It's (laughs) like, why would you doubt that? literal kyle you know they think that it should sound like a stone song but that would be ripping off the stones so i wouldn't i mean this is what people did not understand that i had had a proper education and i had been i had been exposed to great art i knew what went into making it i didn't know if i could make it but i knew how artists thought my mother was a docent at the art institute for 45 years i'd been to every museum that she could ever take me like i had a real basis for what i was doing i was just untried untested and so i think people expected if it, what i did was i wrote myself as the girl part in all of their songs so i gave voice and character to the woman in all of their songs. Or if there was no woman in the song on Exile on Main Street, I talked about something in my own neighborhood, in my own music scene that was similar, you know? So I was having a dialogue and I thought I thought it was kind of sophisticated, but everyone else is like, she's just a dirty girl who's confessing. You know, like, I don't know, it was, you. but that's a valid take. Once it gets out of your hands, you just can't control what people think and you shouldn't. But it's still such a cool idea and a cool concept that's made a classic album. And we'll be right back right after this. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey, welcome to Kyle Meredith with Consequence, where we check out some cool new things happening on the uh, Consequence Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I get to talk to uh, Ann Erickson host of our new Consequence podcast, Beyond the Boys Club. Hey, Kyle. And congratulations on Beyond the Boys Club. Uh, Well, what can you tell us about it? Four years ago, I started a column published on Consequence called Beyond the Boys Club. The goal was to spotlight the women making a name for themselves in rock and metal. All these artists share their passion for music and their stories of breaking barriers as women in the music industry. This fall, we're taking the conversation further in the Beyond the Boys Club podcast. The interview series will welcome amazing female and non-binary artists from across the genre spectrum to share their stories and triumphs as they follow the beat of their own drum and shake up the scene. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to check it out. And we should all check it out because Beyond the Boys Club arrives uh, twice monthly uh, on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Great talking with you, Anne. Thanks, Kyle. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Liz Fair. 
I'm not projecting when I ask this. I, I really am asking this truthfully. <laughs> I should point that out. Um, I'm ready. Because this is your most celebrated album. I'm curious, as far as you're concerned, is it your best? Like, what do you think is your best album? I do think it's my best. I think I had a unique thing that everybody wants me to get back, but actually lifestyle-wise, you cannot. You cannot be a responsible adult and then kick the entire world away. Like, I was in a special bubble which is why i've decided to write my second memoir book about that bubble i had left you know my upbringing i'd left the friends that i grew up with i had left the I just was in this i had no job no responsibilities i was absolutely starving i'd go to my friend's house to like make food or use a facial mask or whatever you know i was like a grifter basically because i had told my parents i was going to make it as an artist and I put my money where my mouth was and I did this thing, but I had nothing to do. And I, I was high too. I was like high all day, sitting, playing guitar, making up these songs with no responsibilities and no context. And I just reinvented myself. So you tell me as an adult, how you get that back. You know, maybe you can, but probably not. No, I, I, I probably quote him a lot on this, but, uh, but uh, Frank Black Charles from the Pixies, uh, he said in one interview, it's like in regards to the Pixies, it's like everybody wants us to sound our new songs to sound like they're an accident because that's what they were back in the day. He goes, and now we're better musicians. He goes, you can't, it's hard to make a song sound like it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. And I use that metaphorically speaking in the wider sense, you know, too, because I think that's what a lot of people like. We just need you to sound like it was an accident, you know, and it's, you know, what's the doing Soberish, my most recent thing, is that when I worked with Brad again, Brad Wood, who produced Exile and Guyville, um, he won't let me do proper vocals. He's He gives me a handheld mic and I just sit in a chair and I just kind of mumble it out. And he loves that, you know? And I certainly have a better voice than that, but that does give that accidental off the cuff thing that, that people like. Soberish was a great record. Frankly. Yeah, it was I really it. fun to do it that way. Like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you mentioned the book too. And this is the first book. We have two copies of this in the house because I got one from the publisher and then my wife bought one. So oh. uh, that's been fun. I'm so excited to hear that. Is it, are you still calling it fairy tales? Was that, is that what we talked about last time? In there. Fairy tale is still hanging in there, but it might not be like the pandemic. I just have to be honest. It knocked me off my track. Like the feelings that I had were so much darker and like sadder than I was expecting, you know, coming out of 2019, I was ready to write this, this book about all the highs of my career and all the big glamorous moments. And I just didn't have that in me. I tried. And so what I did was taking that sort of feeling, that uncertainty and a little bit darkness, and I found that I could write about that time that I was making Guyville, that time that I was in the Wicker Park scene, which was kind of dark and kind of uncertain, you know, everything. So it paired with my mentality. So that's the book I've chosen to write. You got to write what you know. That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will be the greedy fan, too, because I, I love all the records. Um I love fun style. Uh, <laughs> I do love fun style. Uh, I really love Sobrish. And, and maybe, you know, you're working on a book, your tour, so I'm hoping not asking too much. Are you also thinking about a new record? I absolutely am. And I've got a couple songs. I think I have two I'm certain of and maybe five I'm not sure of. 
that's, we're getting there. <laughs> Not as fast as fans ever want, but you know. I'll take it. But in the meantime, you've got so many in the vault. You could just keep us busy with all those old songs. They're uh, bad. They're bad, Kyle. They're bad songs. I would They're mediocre. Listen. They're worse than bad. They're actually just run of the mill. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> I went and listened I to the, the, the only videos that exist of Wasted and, and you have no idea. And uh, <laughs> you're being hard on yourself because those, you yeah. know, still sing along. <laughs> I'm so excited to see this tour. I'm so excited to see this production. And I'm so excited for the book and music and, and just to be a nerd fan as always, Liz. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure for me as well. My thanks to Liz Fair, the 30th anniversary of Exile in Guyville. And she's on tour now. Thanks to you, of course, for uh, checking out the episode. Again, I do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out every single week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Three interviews a week to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover those new ones. Again, you can do so at Spotify and Apple Podcast at nprwfpk.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcast from. You can subscribe to Kyle Meredith with... And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. So I do a show Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's four hours of classics from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You get the biggest in new music. Uh, there's music news and bonus interviews. One of my recent episodes, uh, I feature the music of, uh, let's see, Van Morrison and the Doors, Springsteen, Talking Heads, Pixies, Jesus and Mary Chain, uh, Josh Ritter, My Morning Jacket, Last Dinner Party, The Verve, Veruca Salt, India Ari, uh, Andrew Bird and Kathleen Edwards, Rap Boys, Mike Watt, Jeff Buckley, Dave Matthews Band, Madison Cunningham, Genesis Owusu, Bob Dylan, Moby, Dolly, Nina Simone, Liz Fair, and my interview with Jerry Harrison of Talking Heads. Just an example of what you get every weeknight at 6 p.m. when you listen at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. Of course, you can also catch me on the social media spots. The address is usually always the same, at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. I look like a frazzled, haven't conditioned my hair in 17 years or gotten a haircut mess. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.